give to more folk that have deep need. That being said, that being said, we find ourselves here with a brand new sermon series to go along with our Advent season here in the church, and that is a sermon series called Our Messiah is Here. God told me just keep it real simple this year. Just talk about the Messiah, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. You see, friends, Christmas means a lot of things to us. It means traditions and family gatherings and carols by the fire and wonderful and incredible anticipation and exchanging gifts. And in its simplest form, Christmas, though, is God fulfilling a promise. That's what Christmas is really celebrating. It celebrates God fulfilling a promise, a promise to bring light into a dark world, a promise to, to, to bring salvation to lost people, a, problem to, a promise to set uh, captives free, to put flesh on a 2,000-year-old covenant that he made with Abraham all the way back in the book of Genesis in the very beginning. It is the promise of God's word fulfilled, and it's all wrapped up in one word and one concept, and that is the word Messiah. Now, if you were to look up the word Messiah, in the, in, uh, actually in the dictionary, uh, the word Messiah means a promised deliverer, the Savior of God's people that was prophesied of old, prophesied in the Old Testament and talked about. Now, here's one such prophecy out of the Old Testament. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, the Bible says, now this is the Old Testament before Jesus is ever on the scene, right? Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Written well before Jesus actually rides in on a what? That's what he does on Palm Sunday, right? He rides in on a donkey and people throw out their palm branches and throw out their clothes out there in the street as, he, as the king uh, triumphantly comes into Jerusalem. See, friends, Christmas is what we celebrate. We celebrate the birth of the Messiah in the flesh, the one who brings salvation for all time and all of time. We celebrate the one born of a virgin, fully human and fully God, who eventually will ride triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, who eventually will be betrayed and crucified, dead and buried, and on the third day raised from the grave, defeating the devil, defeating the law of sin and death, and the grip of sin and the darkness of this broken world. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is a reminder that who is the Messiah? Who's the Messiah? Now, come on, five people are saying it and not even confident about it. Come on. Who is the Messiah? Jesus. We know that Jesus is the Messiah. Friends, this is the good news of great joy. Jesus is the Messiah. And if that's the case, he's already here, and he's been here for more than 2,000 years. In Luke chapter 2, the Bible says the angels that are speaking to the shepherds and approach them in their, their midnight shift. Anybody work third shift? Listen, God can show up in amazing ways on the third shift. That's what he does, I'm telling you. That's what he did here in the angels, the third shift, shepherds at night working out in the fields. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. They are, they are saying he is the one that has come to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. He is the one that has come to fulfill a 2,000-year-old promise that God originated with Abraham back in the book of Genesis to bless the world with God's presence and to, and to create a brand new nation of the world in this, well, this, this king of kings, the Messiah. And friends, Jesus is that Messiah. He says, this will be a sign to you. You'll find this Messiah, a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Friends, the Christ child is the Messiah. He is the one spoken of. You could touch him. 
He had breath in his lungs, blood in his veins. He, he walked in our shoes. He felt and experienced everything that we do and became one of us to save us. That's the reason we celebrate Christmas. That's the reason, well, what do they say? That's the reason for the season, right? That's why we celebrate Christmas, because of, because of all that we know about who has come, our Messiah. Now, it is easy to think that Christmas is what brought Jesus into existence, but friends, you ought to understand something. Jesus has always been and always will be. The Bible describes Jesus self-declared. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus said, while on this earth, I'm the beginning and the end. The Bible says to his reign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to his reign there will be no end. Friends, Jesus has been here from the very beginning. Now, we're going to break down the first chapter of John today as we usher in this Advent and Christmas season and realize all over again that our Messiah is here. And so let's go to John chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 1. The Bible says through the disciple John, in the beginning was the Word. You notice the word, Word, is capitalized there? Because he's not just talking about the Bible. He's talking about who here? He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. That's what we're going to call it, discover here. In the beginning was the Word, was Jesus, and the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that he has been, that, that has been made. Friends, how long has Jesus been around? Verse 2, he was with God since the very beginning. Can, can you wrap your mind around this when you think about the creation narrative in Genesis when God made, you know, um, he made like uh, you know, birds of the air, animals, he made like um, the land, he made sea, he made the heavens and the earth, he made, you know, light and all those things. Jesus was around for that. I, mean, I don't think a lot of us think about that. But you see, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are, are three in one. They're three, they're, they're three uh, aspects of God. One God, yet three distinctive parts. Jesus has been around since the very beginning. And it, by the, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. Do you mean Jesus had a hand in the creation? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You see, in him was life, the Bible says. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, friends. It's powerful to remember. So, friends, the Word is Jesus, and He's always been in existence since the very beginning of time or the time that we can wrap our minds around and then beyond. He was there with God for the creation of this earth because He is our God. So, friends, therefore, the Word that's described to us here isn't just the book. The Bible is the Word of God, but it is also a, a living person. The Word is a person, a fulfillment of God's spoken promises. You know, when you hear this phrase that you're only as good as your Word, well, God fulfilled His Word with the Word, with Jesus, the very Word of God. He came as God, as the way, truth, and life to make a way for all of us in the dark to make a way for all of us in this confusing and broken world. You see, he made a way for us when there was no way. A light that illuminates all mankind to our law-breaking and sin, but also a law that illuminates all of mankind to our desperate need for a Savior. I mean, how many of us walk into this church every Sunday or wake up every morning realizing that we're desperate? I mean, we, listen, you're going to be desperate for something every single morning. Now, you can choose to be desperate for a Savior, or you can choose to just be desperate in life. Now, friends, which one's going to bring abundance? When you wake up every morning desperate for Jesus as your Savior 
and Lord because he's right there. He's right there in your heart. And automatically, God fulfills and reminds us that he's there to guide us and lead us. The desperate without Jesus, well, we're just desperate, friends. The desperate with Jesus discover fulfillment, discover peace and love and hope and joy. All the things that we celebrate during this incredible season. Make no mistake about it, friends. Jesus is the Messiah, and he's been there from the very beginning. You see, friends, Christmas didn't just create Jesus. It didn't create Jesus. It brought the Messiah in the flesh to the world. So John goes on in John chapter 1 and says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Jesus came in grace and in truth. So what this means is people like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and disciples and many others during that time saw God in the flesh. They saw Jesus. They were in his presence, the manifest beauty of all of God's holiness and glory right there in front of them. That's what happened that we celebrate at Christmas time. Now, while Joseph is his earthly father, watch this, he didn't have relations with Jesus' earthly mother, Mary. We know that Jesus was born of a a virgin. He was born of a virgin. But he was conceived of the Holy Spirit as he was born of a virgin. Uh, another, in other words, procreation happened because the Spirit of the living God entered into Mary's womb and created this human form of Christ Jesus, friends. Jesus was therefore perfectly God, yet fleshly human, as God the Father's Son, who came to fulfill the Old Testament law with New Testament grace. Remember, he came full of grace and truth. Therefore, he also came to bring the light of the truth to defeat the dark lies of the devil. So friends, Jesus, the Messiah, is the fulfillment, the utter fulfillment of God's promises. And as the fulfillment of this covenant promise, as the Son of God, full of grace and truth, His light cannot be overcome. He can't be overtaken by the world. Nothing can stand against him. The power of the devil, the wisdom of man, nothing that this world can throw at him can take him out. And so, therefore, the darker the things get in this life, the brighter the light of Jesus shines. Friends, you ever notice that the more desperate or broken your life becomes, the brighter God shines in the middle of that? I think sometimes it's harder to see God when we don't need his light at all. You know, when when, when, when we wake up in the morning and the light is shining on our face and we go, to the, we go to work and the hummingbirds are flapping their wings and you walk in and nothing but doves fly out of the mouth of your boss and, and when you're driving down the road, people get out of your way to allow you to get to where you're needing to go and you have this perfect day where you show up and your spouse is, they made you a steak dinner with potatoes on the side and everything tastes like it came from Chef Gordon Ramsay. I mean, I mean I'm talking about like this perfect day that you guys have every single day of your life. Can anybody relate to that? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Friends, there aren't days like that, but when we wake up to the Messiah, who is Christ the Lord, who has fulfilled all of these promises in our life, who can't be taken out, friends, oh, oh, friends, his his light is going to shine in the dark and broken things of this world. And the darker and the more broken things are in this world, the brighter his light's going to be. And some of you are sitting here thinking, I've been seeing a pretty bright light lately, <laughs> right? Because things have felt so dark. But friends, he is the light of the world. He is our Savior. He is our Messiah. And I got news for you. The Messiah is here. Because Christmas shouts, he is the one and only. 
He is the one and only. Jesus, this baby boy, this Christ child, is the one and only, the Savior of the world. In this dark world, he is the light of life that can never be snuffed out. He is the fulfillment of the promises. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. So we can therefore put our full trust in him. That's what all this means. We can put our full trust, the weight of our entire life, into his hands who is our firm foundation, the rock, our redeemer. The the Bible says he is the rock of our salvation on which we stand. Our hope is in this baby boy. Our hope is in this virgin birth, born unto us, the Bible says, as our Messiah, our wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, our prince of peace, according to Isaiah, the prophet. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, to set our life on the Savior. But there's a problem. And John's going to talk about it here. There's a problem. All this is great news. All this is incredible and wonderful news that everybody for the world can have a chance to hear and have it be a part of their life. But the problem is this. Many do not see Jesus as Messiah. Many do not see Jesus as Messiah. In John chapter 1, John says in verse 9 and 10, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the Bible says that the world did not recognize him. He's speaking of this world. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, us, but his own did not receive him, us. While the Christ child, friends, came as the Savior of the world, as he came to fulfill the promises of God for God's people, some people in this world, some of us, we just don't see him for who he is. And so come Christmas time, we see Jesus as an excuse to get a week off of work, or we see Jesus as an opportunity to open up gifts under a tree, and he's nothing more than that. Or we see Jesus as a chance to sip some eggnog. I love me some eggnog, friends. I mean, come on now. But we know that that's not the main reason for why we're doing what we're doing. But for those of us who are blind to Jesus as our Messiah, that's all we got for Christmas. You see, while much of the world believes in the rituals and traditions of Christmas, much of the world does not believe in the promises and the provisions of Christmas, right? We believe in the rituals and traditions, but we don't believe in the promises and the provision. And so while we see lights on houses and trees, some of us can't see the light that pierces the soul. Some of us can't see the light that pierces the darkness of sin that's within our hearts. Some of us can't see the light that calls us into a relationship with the Father for the unbeliever, the Bible says, the eyes are blinded to the Messiah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, The God, lowercase, of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Friends, who is the lowercase God of this age, of this world? He's the devil. He's a liar. He, he's, he's, he's Satan. And what does he do to those who don't believe? He blinds the eyes of the unbelievers. He puts scales over eyes so that they cannot see the greatest Christmas display of all. And uh, friends, I'm here to tell you, I mean, I love to go to Cambridge and watch those penguins sing and, and see, all the, see the courthouse all lit up and, and then lately go, go over to the drag strip down here and watch lights just blowing up all over the place. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. Friends, you want to see the greatest Christmas display of all time? Right there. That's what, it, that's what it says here, right? It says, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that is the display of the very glory of God who is Christ the Lord, who is the image of God. So friends, as an unbeliever, it's, it's hard to see Christmas. It's hard to see the Messiah for what it is and who it is, the very Son of God who's come to save the world from their sins. 
And if we're not careful, all the glitz and the hustle and the bustle and the happenings of our Christmas celebrations can distract us and numb us from the fact that we are in desperate need of Jesus Christ and we're celebrating Jesus and the Messiah's birthday. His birthday, that's what we're doing. And so while we receive presents under the tree, how many of us truly receive his presence during this time of the year, the P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E? So friends, is it possible that we can go an entire month of December without dwelling on the light of God's glory, the very image bearer of God himself, who is God, his son Jesus? So therefore, let's be aware. Let's walk around with eyes wide open, hearts wide open to what the Spirit of God might do in us for the next month. The possibilities are endless as the Christmas season continues to roar in our life and allow it to remind us of our desperate need of saving and God's answer in giving us Jesus in the grace and truth of his son, Jesus Christ, the Christ child. Because friends, if we didn't need him, God wouldn't have sent him. If we didn't desperately need Jesus, God wouldn't have sent him. You know what God probably would have sent us? He would have sent us a Christmas tree. That's what he would have sent us probably. Go ahead, have your party. It'll be a great time, you know. Just, just go for it. But no, he said, no, I need, I, need, you need, I need to give this to you because you need him desperately. I'm going to give you my one and only son. If he didn't send him, if we didn't need him, God wouldn't have sent him. So we got to pray, friends. We got to seek him and ask him to remove the scales, to remove the blinders from our eyes. Friends, I know there's somebody here today that we just don't know if we know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, either here tuned in live via live stream, and, and we're wrestling, we're struggling. You know, we're just making it th- way through life. We, we got invited because a family member's here, or somebody invited us, or a friend invited us, and we don't even know why we're here. But, but friends, I'm, I'm here to tell you it's because God wants to remove some scales today. He wants to release some burdens today. He wants to lift and prop some folk up today and set you on the course of a brand new life. You had no idea when you got here, but you're hearing the word of God right now, and the Holy Spirit is speaking into your heart saying, this is me. God, would you remove the scales, remove the blinders from my eyes, remove the preconceived visions of a perfect Christmas? I know some of you got them, right? The the preconceived notion of what a perfect Christmas is going to look like. Just turn on the Christmas vacation movie. You'll discover what a perfect Christmas looked like. All that chaos is possible for your life. I'm here to tell you, if you haven't experienced it before, we've all got a Cousin Eddie somewhere, don't we? <laughs> right? I mean, let's, be, let's just get real here, right? I mean, that's what Christmas looks like in most households. It's chaos, right? So we've got to get rid of these preconceived visions of a perfect Christmas and open ourselves up to God's new thing and the vision that he wants to insert inside of our lives and receive what Jesus did for us and he's still doing for us because that's the greatest greatest Christmas gift of all. And so those who see the light of the Messiah and receive his glory, receive him as Savior and Lord, oh, then you've got a birthright. And you've got a birthright. And John reminds us of that in John chapter 1. He says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, if you received him for the very first time today, if you're going to believe in him for the very first time today as your Savior and Lord, your Messiah, then he gave the right to become a child of God to you, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human uh, decision or a husband's will, but born of God, born of God. So friends, while many will miss the miracle of the virgin birth in the middle of the hustle and the bustle of the holiday season, it doesn't have to be us. It doesn't have to be any of us. We're here today, right? I hate to tell you this, but part of my job is putting you on notice, right? We're on notice. (laughs) 
We already know the good news. It's been told to us. We don't have wool pulled over our eyes. God's taken the scales off. We can intentionally share this good news. We can deeply reflect on that old, old story of when Christ was born and the promise was fulfilled. God is our Messiah. He is in here in all of his glory made flesh and the way of salvation come to life. Friends, this is who Jesus is, and I just came by here to tell you it's all true. Everything in this book of life that God has given us from Genesis all the way to Revelation, from the beginning of the, uh, of the creation narrative to the beginning of the very first covenant promise he made with Abraham, all the way to, to John the, the, uh, on the island of Patmos writing Revelation to us. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible, it's all true. It's all true. And oh, in the middle somewhere, it all culminates with the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, friends. It's, it's all true. And when we allow his grace and truth and love to melt the scales from our eyes and, and for him to massage the calluses on our hearts, then we too can become a child of God, a son and daughter of the king. And like Christ, we have an earthly mom and dad, but for those who receive and believe the same seed of the Holy Spirit that conceived Jesus, the same seed of the Holy Spirit that gave Jesus life in, in Mary, the virgin's womb, that same seed gives us new life and gives us new birth. You see, Christ was delivered to deliver you. And the, and the birth of the Savior can celebrate our new birth in God and Jesus Christ by the seed of the same Holy Spirit. Which gives you the birthright as God's child. So friends, we don't believe that Christmas created Jesus. He, he wasn't born into existence, but, but yet born unto us in the flesh as our Messiah. And he's here. The fulfillment of the promise of the Savior for God's people is here, who always has and always been and, uh, and always will be. He's here. And as we open our eyes to the virgin birth, let us be reminded and experience a new birth in our own lives into the living hope of the Spirit of the living God and ask God to take the scales and melt the calluses of sin off of our eyes and our heart and receive His brand new work in us. So friends, let's share the old, old story of when Christ Jesus, the Messiah, was born as we celebrate God's promise fulfilled in Jesus. So friends, here's some action steps and we're going to be done. We're going to land this plane. Number one, uh, read the Christmas scriptures with your family. Friends, open up the first part of Matthew. Open up the first part of Luke. Open up the first part of John. Go to the book of Isaiah. Look at some Old Testament prophecies. I gave you Zechariah today. Take your outline home or better yet, you can hop on the YouVersion Bible app. The outline will be right there. And review some of these scriptures and be reminded. Be reminded of the story, the reason for the season that we have. Number two, open your heart to God's new work in you. Friends, God wants to do something new in you this Christmas season. It's not just about the parties, the packages, the punch, the postage stamps. By the way, I think it's up to like 60 cents, so careful who you send your Christmas cards to. You've got to be more selective these days. Just kidding. All right? But all of that, right, the lights, the glitz, the whole thing, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Our family will probably participate in all of that, but we will do so mindful that the reason why we do all of this is so that God can continue to do his new thing in us. You see, we don't celebrate a stale Christmas. I mean, been there, done that, right? We've, we've, I mean, I've done this for, this will be my 51st Christmas in, in, in my life, right, friends? It ain't a been there and done that because God is always up to something new. And he wants to remind us of the new thing he did 2,000 years ago to do a new thing in us during this month, long celebration.
So open your hearts to God's new work in you. And then uh, number three, invite your friends to church. Invite them to church. Invite them to the Christmas concert tonight at 6. Invite them to the, the you want to get a hook, invite them out to the Christmas children's pageant on uh, December the 17th. And then we have four services on Christmas Eve. Invite them to one of them. You get to come to two, right? You guys excited about that? Two services on a Sunday, it's great. Come to one in the morning, come to one in the evening. It'll be a different message, different sermon, different music, different singing. Um, at the 5 and at 11 that evening, we'll do, we'll do Silent Night and, and we'll do Candlelight. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great day. Friends, there's all kinds of opportunities to invite people to church. But if you can't, just wish them a Merry Christmas. You see, wishing people a Merry Christmas isn't just to share the good news of Christmas, Christmas, right? But it is to remind us every time those words leave our mouths that we're celebrating something. We're celebrating. It reminds us to center ourselves on who we love, who we know, and who came to save us, and who we're focusing on this time of year. Merry Christmas. Oh, friends, it's good news, because the light of the world has come into the darkness and has defeated it. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you great thanks for this day. We give you all the glory, Lord God. Guide us and lead us in all things. Lord God, you are our Savior, our Messiah. Remind us of our desperate need for you. Lord God, remind us today that if we didn't need him, you wouldn't have sent him. And so, Lord God, we humble ourselves to realize the ramifications of knowing that you fulfilled your promises in Jesus Christ. And Lord God, all of us here today stand notice that we have hearts prepared, that we are getting excited for more of your promises to be fulfilled because we know that your son Jesus is coming back again and coming back soon. And so, Lord God, in between time, would you continue to grow us and mature us to make us more holy as you are holy. And, Lord God, use us as image bearers of your glory. Use us as image bearers of your word. Use us as image bearers of the good news. That you give us a chance to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ was born. That you give us a chance to share the good news and to spread the love and the joy and the hope and the peace that is Christmas because our Savior has come our Messiah, who's Christ the Lord. Thank you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, friends, uh, during this closing song, we're going to stand right now, and I want you to invite you to do that right now. Um, the altar is open. Some of you, you might, some of you gave your life to Jesus Christ today for the very first time. would love to talk with you more about that, pray with you. Some of you are in just desperate need of being ministered to. You've got some brokenness going on in your life. We'd love to pray with you. Our prayer team's probably making their way down right now. Or maybe you just want to get just make a move towards God. And you want to step up to, to this, this altar area. No one's going to bug you. You just come forward and just want to be with God. And we'll leave you alone and just, just pray and see what God does as we sing this closing song.